Sometimes you don't know what is happening. Sometimes you're just not aware of the machinations of your life. Now, it is a time like that. The world seems to pass you by as it rotates without you. You are lost with no way out, but you are not aware of it. You consider that you are fully cognizant of what occurs in your sphere of consciousness. You are totally aware and oblivious to your ignorance. And in that situation, you are happy. Linked to any fear, you plow on, entangling yourself in the minutiae of life as you perceive it. Questions are harder to formulate when you are unaware of what you should be questioning. Today we ask, what is? Sometimes we regret things we've done, or never did, and this helps us to explain where we are now. This is normal. Sometimes we look to the future, hoping for better times and imagine what we could become in contrast to now. This is also considered normal. But if you're so disorientated that what you thought was maybe never happened, and what you thought might be has actually already happened to somebody else, you have a problem. You are stuck in a loop and the only thing you actually know that exists is happening to you right now, but you can't explain why. If you are stuck like this, wondering who you are, were, and what you will become, then you, shipmate, are in gallantry again. Thank you, Eustace. Hello, dearest listeners. Your taste in listening pleasure is exquisite. Although there is no other choice, but you're still number one in my book, and it's a romance. Eustace and I treated ourselves on the way to the studio today. We were walking through the market, and I bought a Welcome to Gallatry Crow globe. It depicts the scene of the submarine prostrate on the high street with a little figure hanging from a rope from the sky. When you shake the globe, the whole thing turns black in a crow storm, and when they settle down again, you notice the ghostly figure of a clown in a German officer's coat smiling through the glass back at you. It's so realistic of the Ascension tale from the other night that Eustace can't take his beady eye off it. Hats off to what's-his-name for unselfishly sacrificing himself. He is our salvation, forever immortalised in this little glass paperweight. How fitting. And now, crime news. We go over to the chief who is outside the steps of the police HQ. Hello, chief. What have you got for us today? Well, hello, everyone. We are getting reports of a new type of cybercrime that I wanted to make everyone aware of. Many innocent online surfy types are having their bank account details compromised by a new type of phishing email. We call it quake mail. The unsuspecting victim receives an email from an organisation called Church of the Real Goose and their propaganda appears as an attachment. If you open it, you'll be subject to a localised tremor, a sub-65 on the Lieutenant Richter scale. 
In the ensuing chaos, the thieves attempt to steal your bank statements, posing as earthquake enthusiasts on a conference visit to the town. But this is just the start. They then follow this up with a nicking chicken-related poltergeist heist. When the victim opens the next attachment, they experience a violent haunting. Whilst running around the house with pots and pans flying everywhere, a phantom bantam steals your credit card. Please take care when receiving unsolicited emails. Watch out for these foul attachments or you too could end up with metaphor on your face. Thank you. Well, thanks, Chief. I'm sure we all feel better knowing that the special avian tech squad are on the case. And now over to the steps of the council offices, where we catch up on the normal civic progress update from Mayor Lorna X. Well, she seems to be keeping us waiting today. Lector, check. Microphone, check. Smartly dressed man looking decidedly shifty, check. Expecting sycophants, check. Scary mare in a female form stood on the gaffetate X on the rostrum. Nowhere to be seen. Perhaps, dear listeners, that the mare has taken her new hovering entrance to a new level and is actually now invisible, or is playing a mind game of government on us. Prentice looks at his watch and steps forward. Hello, everyone. Well, we seem to have lost the um, mare. She hasn't been around all morning. I was going to fill in with a civic progress update, but I'm not sure there's been any. An indictment of the incumbent regime. So I won't. Thank you. Remember, an apple before bed looks after the dead. We are getting reports of something afoot down at Centenary Park. Our ever-faithful roving reporter Jenny Jennings is on the scene. What's going on down there, Jenny? Well, where the bridge used to be, well now, is a wood. The trees are tightly packed together and form a seemingly impenetrable mass of branches over what must be the the whole park. The ground is all ripped up, covered with dirt and striations as if, well, the trees walked here. Walked here, Jenny? Yes, there are big holes all over the boulevard and graveyard where the trees were. And now they've all walked here. Hang on, what's this? I've just found a bottle on the floor. It's sealed with a cork and it appears to have some paper in it. Let's just open this thing up. It looks like a message. It says at the top in capitals, Help! I'm stuck in the wood. Shall I read the rest of it out? Well, yes. Otherwise, the dear, dear listeners won't have a clue what's going on, Jenny. Remember, we read the minds around here. My name is Moses. You know, the fun-loving wino from the corner of Dover Street. Outside the anchor? The one with the loud begging gurgle. You know, the one with the limp. The one with the Napoleonic French Navy hat. No? Come on. The one asking for 10p. Now, there it is. I told you you knew me. Well, I woke up in Centenary Park this morning. I may be down on my luck, but that's as bad as the email gag. Anyway, I woke up in Centenary Park this morning. And, well, I was surrounded by trees. They talked to me. They showed me things. They explained that they were a Mobius wood. I was a sailor. I always kept a log. So this is my wood log. At first they showed me things I knew I knew. I remembered that I knew. I saw my mother walking with a pram at the park. She is talking to another woman whilst casually feeding the ducks at the side of the lake. A gust of wind blows her hat off and she reaches out to grab it as the pram rolls down the slope and into the water. 
and floats away. I then see a young family in black gathered round a little gravestone next to a droning diesel pump. The gravestone reads, Moses Lake, drowned in lake, aged six months. God rest in peace. I cannot see their faces. I have so many other memories about my life, I'm sure that this must be another lake. The trees then showed me a young man, aged 17 or so, on board a rusty old tub of a ship in a sailor's uniform in the Pacific sun. I am hanging over the side with the rest of the lads, excitedly looking at the dockside as we are making port. I read the sign, Port of Osaka. I remember this, our first dog with shawl and a few quid in our pocket. Next, we're in a strip joint, drunk, laughing and shouting. Although the girl dancing on stage calls herself Papillon, all the lads call her Lucy Lips as they hang down like pig's ears from the diamante G-string when she jiggles with the baying crowd. I'm covered in beer and we're thrown out back onto the street. I remember this. We walk back to the ship when I'm drawn to a ramshackle booth on the side of the dock. It reads Mystic Mr. Bakake, fortune teller. I go in and an old Japanese man is sitting in a fog of smoke. He looks me up and down and holds out his hand for money. I press a dollar bill into his hand and then he grabs my arms. He judders and falls back into his seat. He can hardly look at me in the eyes I reach down to help him sit up. He then stares at his sandals and says wistfully, You will drown in your bed, sailor. I think I remember this. The trees then show me a young man, lying in a ship's infirmary, delirious and with a high fever. A storm is brewing and the ship is violently thrown from side to side. The doctor comes in and ties the prostrate man to the wooden cot around his midriff with sheets. The storm has now passed like a gallstone, and the young man is lying on a beach amongst coconuts and driftwood, a white sheet tied round his middle. I do not remember this. Then sun-tanned and with a beard, the young man is standing on the beach waving the white sheet as a boat makes land and the officer wades through the surf, holding an empty bottle. The trees then showed me the young man asleep in a lifeboat on a frigate, hugging a bottle of rum like a baby as a huge storm crashes overhead. The lifeboat is again washed up on a lonely atoll beach, with the detritus of wreckage and tea chest full of fifty sweets strewn around. I do remember this. I wasn't scared though, I was getting used to it by then. The last thing the trees showed me was a lonely grey day in the graveyard here in Gallatry. A minister and a lonely grave digger stand beside a grave. It reads, Here lies Moses Lake, died aged 93, peacefully in his sleep. The minister comments to the digger as he turns to leave that the cold gets a lot of the old folk with pneumonia at this time of year. I do not remember this. The trees will not let me go. I must make a choice of when to leave. To die as a child? To die as an old man? To go back to the sea? I was the luckiest sailor, but the unluckiest wino sleeping on the park in this town. But at least you know why you always carry a bottle, a pen and paper. But the trees have come looking for someone else. They're looking for someone called Aquarius. They want to know why he's not here. Please come and save me. Yours faithfully, Moses Lake. P.S. Can you throw my bottle back? Jenny reseals the cork and threw the bottle back into the wood. That's strange. Like pig's ears? Surely that's a sow's purse. Hang on. The bottle has just rolled out at my feet again. It's got another message in it. What does it say, Jenny? We asked. Thanks. Oh, hang on. There's more on the back. It says, There's also a woman in here with lovely fingernails. I think it's the mayor. 
because when I asked her, she told me to stop asking stupid questions and carried on hovering. I guess I should have told you this in the first bottle. Or is this the first bottle? In a government building in a small town in southern Germany, a smartly dressed woman is sitting at her writing desk. The phone rings. She answers quickly, but with no discernible comedy accent. Frau Beata X am Apparat, she speaks abruptly. Ah, Prentice, is it all going to plan? Has she gone? Is it time to evoke Plan B or Operation Faustus? Okay, but be careful with the device this time. Communal dreams may give you control, but that glitch submarine gives them hope. I will come when the time is right, Prentice. Auf Wiedersehen. And now we go over to Miss Donna Penny at the Council Scientific Department for a propeller-head view of the creeping cops. Hi, Donna P. Long time no speak. Did you get the stain out of your lab coat in the end? Yes, no thanks to Eustace. I'm not playing Balti Bazooka with you guys again. <coughs> After hearing what the subject, Moses the Wino, had to say earlier, I referred to the Observer Book of Forest Hauntings and Mushroom Identification for Nephologists, second edition. The walking wood is a Mobius wood. If you get lost in a worldly wood, you can become quickly disorientated, wandering around and around until you suddenly realise that you're back at the same spot. The same gnarled route that you recognised from half an hour ago. You walk round in circles, getting more and more hopelessly lost as the daylight begins to fade. But in the Mobius wood, you don't walk through space. You travel through time. The trees walk up to you and twist your timeline. The trees show you what was, what is, and what could be about yourself forever. And like a normal wood, they aim to confuse you. You aren't looking for a way to get out, but when to get out. I'll be very concerned about anybody trapped in the wood. They will become so discombobulated that they will not be able to select the correct point in time to leave. So they never will, or they will die trying. I think we should attempt to rescue them. The only problem is no one will be able to go into the wood to fetch them, not without a wood antidote or an arboretum serum, if you like. The only thing I can think that fits the bill round here is the U-boat. It's now 7pm-ish and we now go down to the steps of the council offices where there seems to be some kind of impromptu press conference. The smartly dressed man, Prentice, is standing at the lectern under the lights a sheen of sweat apparent on his brow. He looks nervous, and the gathering crowd can smell it. Good evening, evening, fellow Galatrierians. I wanted to discuss the current situation with the Mobius Wood and the absence of the mayor from the civic duties. I know there's been much talk about attempting a rescue by an urgent caution. We know nothing about the wood, its intentions, or how we could even attempt to harness the power of the suffering. Prentice continued. As acting mayor, I have decided that we should await for further scientific analysis until we attempt to rescue this so that we can establish who this mysterious Aquarius is that the wood seems to be demanding. Why are you now the mayor, Prentice? You have no mandate. Yeah, someone in the pub told me that Aquarius was that fellow you hanged last week, the man called Lake. Prentice looked directly at the crowd. I hanged? he asked. As I recall, you were the judge and jury. 
You thumbed him to hang. You are the ones to blame. So if the wood seeks him, whether dead or alive, we cannot barter with it because it's your fault that we have lost him. I'm simply doing my civic duty. You made us eat the apples. You made us dream him to death. We didn't vote for that. Prentice deflected. But what did you vote for? Freedom? Handouts? Multicultural harmony? Revenge on the real movers and shakers that you expelled back in that black August? Do you think that this is a democracy? You're all fools and your souls now belong to gallantry. If you want your precious mare back, you'd better listen to me. Prentice continued. Okay, if we are going to get her back, you are going to have to work together and it could be risky. I estimate we're going to need about 500 volunteers and a rope man. What do we need to do, Prentice? Well, first thing we need to gather at the... Thank you, Eustace. Anyway, it's 10pm and we go down to Jenny Jennings at the Centenary Park. Hi, Jenny. What's going on down there? What's the latest with this rescue plan? Well, all the volunteers are in place and being marshalled into position by the police and council transformer dog handlers. Everyone is standing in a long line stretching as far as I can see into the distance back down to the submarine on the high street. The last stragglers are forming a line right up to me here at the edge of the wood. Prentice is walking towards me, smiling. He's got a rope in his hand. Hello Jenny, Prentice says. How would you like to be a hero? How would you like to be the rope man or roving reporter? We need someone who can communicate with us whilst in the wood. We will tie you to the last man here, Mr. Fawcett. Hello. And then we'll all link hands all the way back to the submarine. The idea is like a line of people passing buckets of water to put out a fire. But we will be passing magic, music, healing, immunity along the line to stop the twisted singularity of Mobius time in the wood. Got it? Peachy, when you find the mare, tie yourself to her and we'll pull you both out. Then we go back for the whiner. Are you game? Jenny nods and starts to tie the rope around her middle, picking up the slack in one hand and carrying her microphone in the other. Okay, let's do this. Prentice then shouts into a bullhorn. Link arms and pass it on. We are ready. Is the key man touching the submarine? A line of nods comes back up the line. Prentice leads over to Jenny and says, Right, let's go and get the mare back. Are you ready, Jenny? As ready as I'll ever be. Right, here we go. first tree now. Right, I'm entering the wood and passing through the... The rope pulls taut and the line takes the strain. Suddenly all 500 look to the sky and begin to chant in unison. Where is Hello. I'm in the wood. It's strange. The trees are all moving away from me as I walk between them. It's really dark. The only light is coming from, well, me. I think it's working. Hang on, I think I see someone up ahead. I just need to get over this log. Hang on, I need to climb over it. The log is touched, and everyone in the line lights up the whole wood is consumed. Thousands of images flash through everyone's heads, their eyes rolling around as everyone sees everyone else's timeline. Red bicycles, birthday cakes, 
road traffic accidents, secret liaisons with lovers, a bloody knife, a funeral, a strangled body, a fiddle tax return, party balloon, a purloined letter, an explosion on a U-boat, a newborn child, a voting floor with an X on it, and then suddenly, it just stops. Jenny is standing next to the surprise faucet with the mare tied to her, slumped on the floor with bark shreds under her nails. Everyone is blinking and looking at each other with surprise, interest, suspicion. Hello, Jenny. Are you all right? Yes, I think so. I found the mare. She seems okay. Hang on. What's this? A bottle has just landed at my feet. Let's see what Moses the wino has got to say. Hello, it's Moses the wino. I couldn't decide when to get out and which bits of my life I want to relive. But now that I have everyone else's life to look at, to experience, to explore, I'm going to stay. You lot have been very naughty, haven't you? The trees call me Aquarius. They call me Mr. Lake now. I am the prophet, but you lot are not worthy. You made your choice. You can worship your false idols, but there'll be no exodus for you now. Goodbye, Gallantry. Yours, etc., etc., Moses. P.S. Keep the bottle. Well, dear listeners, I'm reflecting on the day's events here in the vinyl vault with a bottle of rum, listening to a bit of night veneer. If Prentice does think he's got what it takes to own the souls of everyone in this town, he should think very carefully about a mayor who has truly lived the electorate's whole life experiences, their weaknesses, desires, their aspirations, both real and imaginary. This is one dangerous politician. He should also think carefully about the mob, who know each other better than a bum and a cheap shower curtain, as they tend to unite, especially when water is added, like Moses and Aquarius. Under the freshly freed bridge in Centenary Park, the voices rise in unison, louder and louder. Again and again and again. You have been listening to Gallotry, a community-funded local radio station. I'm Adam Aardvark. Max couldn't be around at the end of the show. He often needs to lie down in a darkened room and sort of, well, convalesce. If you enjoyed today's show and want to know more or simply express a simple and not very cogent opinion, then email us at welcometogallotry at gmail.com. You can tell us what you think, although we might already know what you think. Or failing that, if you genuinely have no idea, we can helpfully provide some new ideas that you can call your very own. Ideas that you can share with your friends and family and become a much more interesting and likeable person, if only to yourself. This has been a Gallatry Entertainment broadcast recorded in a haunted pub in Gallatry. No, honestly, voices appeared on the recordings that we later had to edit out. I think we got them all, but who's for know for sure? 
Anyway, Gallatry is performed by Max Black, written and recorded by Max Black and Adam Ardark. Is copyright Gallatry Productions 2015. Thanks for listening. But remember, on your next journey home, Gallatry may be just around the corner. Thank mm-hmm. you.